Blog Talk Radio. Witches. My name is Raina Starr. I am your hostess, as always. Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind might offend you, this may not be the show for you. But I'm hoping it is, because it's a very adult show, and we're going to have a good time and a rather interesting conversation this evening. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly, utterly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. That's Wicked Witch Studios with an S. Dorothy is doing her limited edition candles. Oh, y'all know you need some because there's some shit going on, and Dorothy's stuff is amazing. So get on over there to wickedwitchstudios.com. And get those limited edition candles while they're still available. All right. My guest for the hour is the author of Outside the Charm Circle, the incredible Misha Magdalene. Hello, my love. Hello, darling. How are you? I am so happy to speak with you. How have you been during this pandemic? Uh, I, you know, I've been hanging in there. Um, it's funny because there's all of this really terrible stuff going on all over the country right now. Um, in addition yep. to the pandemic, you know, there's people literally freezing to death in Texas and other places. And yep. I feel really guilty because my partner and I are doing really well. I mean, you know, we like in Seattle last weekend, we had the biggest, single day of snowfall we've had in like 60 years or something and wow. two days later it was melted off you know but like that one day was wonderful. just like yeah so we're doing really well and mm-hmm. there's almost this it, it's kind of like survivor's guilt there's this feeling of wow other people are struggling so hard and I feel bad for doing all right right now well i've got to say i understand how you feel because you know people you know who have empathy for others will often do that but the fact of the matter is is that been through spells of torn i mean we had a tornado touchdown i'm very grateful that it didn't hurt my family or my area but, of course, I feel terrible for the people. I mean, three people died. Of course, I feel terrible about it. But Absolutely. But by the same token, we're all dealing with something. And, right. you know, it's, it, it has just been this period post-election, I have to say. And I'm not going off into a whole political thing, guys, so don't freak out. Um, but <laughs> this whole post-election period right now seems like, quiet. And I think there's a lot of energy that is left over from previous things that was very heated and very agitated. And 
it's almost like there's a lot of anger that people don't know what to do with. And yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's taken me a while to kind of get out of the 24-hour angry head because every time I woke up, oh, yeah. I would look at my phone and say, what did he do now? <laughs> you know, and I don't right. have to it's do a, that every anymore. Every morning you're like, yeah, every morning it was like, what fresh horrors are awaiting me on the fresh horrors device? Let me wake my phone <laughs> up and, oh, sweet goddess everything is terrible we're all gonna die uh-huh. yeah and it was exactly. that way for four fucking years no shit more than I'm four years you. honestly because yeah. i i remember being you know in the midst of my degree program uh when the 2016 election happened and i mm-hmm. literally had a professor cancel class on me basically on account of national tragedy is what she wrote and I got that, and I, it wasn't even funny. It was just like, yeah, no, that's, that's real. That's legit. So it, it's been more than four years that it's yeah. been this nonstop, constant barrage on our nerves, on our psyches, on our, our ability to form and express coherent thoughts. Mm-hmm. Because every moment, it's just like, Christ, what's happening next? No kidding. So, yeah, it, there is kind of this, I, when I talk to people about this, I liken it to that thing where, I don't know if this happens to you, but it happens to me kind of all the time, where you're going up a flight of stairs and you're not really paying attention to when you get to the top. So you go to take that next step, but you're already at the top. So you kind of, and you know, you have a little bit of a stumble because your foot's expecting a stair tread that isn't there. And I really feel like the first, you know, the first month of 2021 has, well, the first month since the inauguration, let's say, um, has been that kind of weird internal feeling of, uh, wow, everything is, is this what normal feels like? And that's not to say that, you know, everything is great and perfect now. It's like, no, uh, things are really fucked. And there are a lot of people who are still hurting and in serious dire straits. And we need to fix all of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I remember. It's so true. Yeah, I re- yeah, I remember, uh, you know, people would ask me uh you know, in the weeks and months leading up to the 2020 election, who are you going to vote for? And my answer was always the same. I'm going to vote for whoever gets those kids out of the cages along the border. Right. Because the fact that I live in and pay taxes to a country that is putting children in fucking concentration camps is not okay. It's just not. And then when I, I say when I say that, and I would use the phrase concentration camps, um, you know, people would say that's disrespectful to Jewish people, and I'd say really because the Jewish people that I have spoken to about this have been like, no, no, that's that's real, that's legitimate. So maybe I'm half it up Jewish. I vouch for this. <laughs> I endorse that yeah. statement because I'm half Jewish. There you go. Uh, yeah. Cheers. <laughs> it's. Uh, 
definitely concentration camp style. You know, they are separated from their parents. They are separated from yeah. anyone who knows and loves them. They are treated like chattel, and that's pro- chattel is probably treated better. Uh, and it's it's a sin. It's a terrible thing. I mean, yeah. it, it, how do you take babies out of the arms of their mother? I just, I can't. As a mother of two, I just can't even imagine the heartbreak. It's more I, than I can stand. Yeah. I, I try to imagine someone, you know, tearing my daughter out of my arms and, like, my vision just goes white. Just, like, yeah. I, I can't even think past that. I'm like, no, I, no. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we're not going to get political. Yeah, we're, we're, we're totally political. But it's fine. It's all okay. right, I'm it's sorry. All good. I didn't mean to. <laughs> it wasn't my intention, I promise. No, normally I can be a good girl and not go there, but apparently <laughs> I had to go there. So forgive me, Apparently, it's not I'm what I originally I'm in... <laughs> So what I'm getting here is that I'm the bad influence on you. <laughs> That's a change. <laughs> I know, right? Well, that's such a change. You're never the I bad know. influence. It's always me that's the bad influence. And this time, I guess turnabout is fair play. But, I mean, yeah, the whole you know, hour is not going to necessarily be like this. Oh, but no. the fact of the matter no. is is that there's a lot of energy that's kind of poisonous floating around out in the ethers. And, you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why our kind attacks each other. I don't know why things happen the way they do. It just seems like our folks are at odds again, and I don't get it, and I don't know why people just don't leave each other alone already. What's what's happening out in the world? So I, I have this somewhat Byzantine theory about this, and I'm going to try real hard to express it clearly and concisely for a change and not sound like a raving conspiracy loon here, but so people get involved with paganism, with polytheism, with the occult, with magical practice um, for a lot of different reasons, but my contention is that one of the main reasons that people get involved in these paths and traditions and forms of practice is that they want power. Not because mm-hmm. they're necessarily, you know, awful people who want power to do bad things. They want power to make positive changes in their own lives. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they're coming from a background where they were disenfranchised disempowered or maybe they have uh, mental health issues or physical health issues or emotional issues that leave them feeling disempowered in a world that's really not geared to accommodate those what what the world sees as those failings and so Mm -hmm. they come to these paths as a way of empowering themselves of feeling like they are connected in a visceral immediate and practical way to something bigger than them to something that can give them the power to make those changes in their lives Mm -hmm. so you know we have a community made up of people many of whom are seeking power for any number of perfectly good reasons but it also means that 
we have a community that is really rife with abusers and predators, people mm-hmm. who go, oh, here's a group of people looking for power, who are looking for someone to tell them, no, you're not a piece of shit. You're actually awesome. You're special. You have so much potential. And if you let me, I can help you achieve that potential. Mm-hmm. And then down the primrose path we go. Yeah. So I think that's part of the problem is that we have this community that is incredibly susceptible to manipulation and to uh, abuse, to predation. Mm-hmm. And, and another part of the problem is that we... Hmm. There is sort of this common wisdom, you know, this commonly accepted wisdom that uh, America right now, and I'll just speak about, you know, the United States because I can't speak for other Anglophone countries, really, um, much less anywhere else. But the United States is so divided right now. Everything is so divided. We're just, we're divided against each other and things are so, you know, like issues have become divisive. You know, we started out talking about um, the first couple of months of 2021 and got into talking about the political and social implications of things like uh, the immigration policy that the country's pursued that's led to children being ripped away from their families and shoved in dog kennels on the southern border in the midst of a pandemic. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. and people, you know, will look at that and say, well, that's just a really divisive issue. And I'm going, no, it's not. Or at least it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Because I don't, you know, I don't care what your spiritual beliefs or your holy scriptures or lack thereof are. If you're going to sit there with your bare face and tell me that shoving kids in cages is somehow a debatable topic, we have a bigger Mm -hmm. problem. Um, Putting kids in cages should not be a divisive issue. Wearing a mask in public to keep from spreading a pandemic shouldn't be a divisive political issue, but it's been politicized. And one, and one of my, one of my hobby horses that I just bring out at every opportunity is my insistence that the pagan polytheist and magical communities are no different than the overculture that they're ensconced in. Right. And, and, you know, people are like, what do you mean? We're weird. We have weird beliefs and we do weird things. And I'm like, "Um, I've been in Wiccan circles and I've been to NFL football games. If you're (laughs) going to genuinely tell me that anything that happens in a circle is intrinsically weirder than dudes... (laughs) getting hammered on shitty beer, stripping from the waist up, painting their bodies in multiple garish colors, and 
howling for two and a half hours straight because 22 dudes in body armor are chasing an inflated bladder made of pigskin up and down a hundred yards of grass. I, I, I'm going to call you out on that. No, no, sorry. <laughs> um, weirdness That's is true. I never, in the eye of the beholder. I never, I never thought about it that way, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like now the way I was raised and, you know, and I've had this conversation on many occasions, the way I was um basically brought into the craft was I was I had a mentor, I was able to live with my mentor and my mentor's first thing was, You ain't shit <laughs> So the whole <laughs> so when you were saying the whole part about, you know, wanting to be special, um, you know, my <laughs> my mentor tried to dissuade me for years and, you know, it took twelve years until I actually got my first degree because he's like you better make sure you're all about this because this is no joke and you know I had approached him at 16 and he's like ah, ah, no <laughs> I'm like okay and I just you know, proved my persistence yeah basically it's like this is not you know this isn't just your escape from whatever is happening at home this is right this is a serious thing this is no joke so you know And I guess a lot of things have, you know, a lot of things have changed, obviously. People don't get to live with their mentor anymore. It's not something that's done the way it was done 40 years ago. And it's been over like 45 years ago. So, yeah, I mean, it's different now. And and folks kind of have to, are left to their own devices. And it's a totally different thing. But when you said everybody wanted to be special, I'm like, yeah, not to my mentor. He was like, ah, you ain't shit. (laughs) I'm like, okay. I'm busy over here not being shit, but studying my fucking ass off. Thank you. You know? Right. Well, and and he he was right, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry that folks don't get that benefit anymore because it well, did make it, a difference. The thing is, you know, I it, it's like there's this balance because I don't want to, like, get in somebody's face and just be like, you're not special, you're not shit, you know, you suck. You know, that's <laughs> not what I'm saying. It's like, no, no, you are special. You are a beautiful and wonderful and unique child of the gods, just yes. like Everyone else. Everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. exactly. And <laughs> and where I start to see things get really sus is when I start seeing people who want to play the, you know, come over here and you can be part of my elite group. You can be part of my um my posse, my clique, you can be one of the mean girls with me and we're so much better than those stinky people over there. And, you know, it, it, it's over and apart from the high fact school. that it's a total ego game. Yeah, it's totally high school. But over and apart from the, this kind of drama queen bullshit game, Mm-hmm. It's a way of emotionally and magically uh, leeching off of people. 
It's a way of predating on people. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. if I convince you that I've got special goodies or even just that I am cooler and more innately special and magical than other people, um, <laughs> then you're going to give your attention and your time and your energy to me. You know, one of one of well, the first lessons that Yeah. One of the first lessons I learned <laughs> in magic was that your power goes where your attention goes. Ooh. If you're focusing true. on this true. thing, that's what you're feeding. Yeah. And there are a Yeah, and there are a lot of people who are out there going, Pay attention to me. Look at me. Give me your energy. Give me your power. Give me your money. And money is nothing but stored energy. I mean, mm. I mean that both in a metaphorical sense and in a very real literal sense. If you're making $15 an hour, that is literally 15 $1 bills or, you know, $15 that gets transferred to your account or whatever, that you are being given in exchange for one hour of your life, of your physical mental labor it's stored sure. energy so hmm. never thought of it yeah, that way when so when you give your money to some place that's where you're giving your energy that's where you're hmm. that's where you're spending your power when you focus when you focus your attention on someone you're giving them your power one of the hmm. So one of the traditions that I have the privilege to uh, have received and be a practitioner of is the Anderson Fairy Tradition, the tradition of witchcraft mm-hmm. uh, promulgated by Victor and Cora Anderson. And in fairy, uh-huh. we received a lot of these aphorisms from Victor, these kind of short, pithy things that Victor said that contain a lot of wisdom. And we all you know, talk about these and we sort of trade them back and forth. Um, And one of the things that is attributed to Victor Anderson is an injunction. Um, Basically, we're told never to give our power away. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't mean don't use your power or don't give your power to someone. You know, like my partner and I exchange power with each other all the time. Sometimes it's sure. in the context of a formal magical act, and sometimes it's in the context of, here's your toast and coffee that I made for you, sweetie. Yeah. You know, like, you know, every morning I make coffee and I make toast and I bring them into my sweetie who's, you know, working in her office. And that's me giving her power my you know giving her the fruits of my labor literally the fruits yeah. of my expended energy but that's not me giving mm. power away you know giving power right. away would be analogous to like taking a handful of change and dumping it into a sewer grate right right don't waste and i it. think there are yeah and i think there are a lot of people out there who are basically saying hey you know well, if if you if you're going around looking for some place to dump your power to dump your energy, you know, I'll take it. Sure, 
Give me your power. Mm. So are people Which, doing it unwittingly? Do you think that's what happens? Are they are they blinded by glitz or boredom or not knowing better? What can people, you know, how do people, first of all, fall into the trap and how do they get out of it, do you think? So I think a lot of people uh, fall into this because they're expecting it to be transactional in some way. They're expecting, well, I'm going to give this person my energy, my attention, my time, my money, my labor, whatever, and I'm going to get something out of it. I'm going mm-hmm. to get, and I mean, it could be as grandiose as I'm going to get advanced degrees in witchcraft and, and liver. Or... Uh, <laughs> or you know, I'm going to get acknowledgement and recognition of my special value of my character. You know, I'm, mm. I'm going to get my ego fed. Um, ah. And in some cases, I think there are people who are looking at it and going, I'm going to be able to parlay this into a situation that will enable me to be the powerful one. You know, I'm going to go along with this and eventually I will accumulate enough power that I can set myself up and be the person who's bringing people in and getting power from others. And it sounds really creepy and sinister and kind of gross when you put it that way, but I mean, there's a, uh, there is a statement in the uh, community of people who've been through trauma, which mm-hmm. is that hurt people hurt people. You know, someone said that to me last week, too, that hurt people hurt people. And, yeah. you know, as a person who has hurt in the past, you know, I was, I did not have the greatest uh, childhood or even teen years were pretty rough. Um, It seems to, that people go in one of two directions. Either they become um, similar to their abuser or they become, and I hate to say this because it's not a great term either, but almost like a doormat. And I took the doormat route mm-hmm. <laughs> for a really long time until I figured out that I didn't have to do that either. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard to be abused and know, I mean, especially from childhood, because I think childhood abuse is what really fucks people up the most. Um, Absolutely. You know, as an adult, you can Absolutely. walk away. Yeah, I mean, you can walk away from another adult, but when you're a child and you're stuck in that turmoil of this is your home life and you can't go anywhere, um, it's damaging, and I know that. Yeah. So Uh, how do people get out? I mean, so how do you do? Yeah. How do you how do you reckon it out? Like how do you how do you either not become a doormat or an abuser yourself a lot of the time? You know. Um, well, to bring this right back around to talking about 
magic and witchcraft and, you know, woo stuff. Um, <laughs> I like to take a page from, uh, metaphorically speaking, not going to rip pages out of my books, but I like to take a page from right. the old grimoires. The best way of handling yeah. a demon, you got to start by knowing the demon's name and being willing to name it. We, as a community, have a real problem with being willing to call a gardening tool a gardening tool. We have a real problem with being willing to say, there are people in this community who behave in ways that we, as the community, find unacceptable. We have a mm-hmm. lot of what are called missing stairs. Are you familiar with the missing stair problem? I'm not. Okay. So let's say you got a house with a staircase in it, you know, wooden staircase going mm-hmm. from the ground floor up to the, up to the first story or the second floor. Um, and let's say at some point along the way, one of the stairs breaks and you don't really have the time to go and repair it. So you just sort of remember, oh, you know, fifth stair up is broken. And you, so right. you know to step over that one because otherwise you're going to fall through and break your ankle. Mm-hmm. And when guests come over, you're like, oh, hey, when you go upstairs, uh, make sure you like step over the fifth stair because it's broken and you don't want to break your ankle. And it just becomes this sort of oral tradition of okay don't you got to remember just skip over that step um this came this analogy came out of uh someone who was writing about the bdsm community and was writing about people in their community the missing stare is a metaphor for those skeevy creepy abusive predator types that all communities have And the ways that we sort of pull our friends aside or pull newbies aside and say, oh, by the way, yeah, don't get caught in an elevator alone with, you know, Lord Finkelnuts because he's handy. You know, don't don't let yourself get drawn into conversation with Lady Pixie Moondrip because – you know, she's really sketchy about money and she'll wind up taking you, you know, we, and this becomes just sort of a whisper network of warning people. And there are a few problems with that. One of which is you're not going to be able to warn everybody, which means somebody's going to wind up getting uh, abused. You know, somebody's going to wind up being predated upon. And mm-hmm. another problem is it leaves the abuser alone to keep predating on people, to keep abusing people. You know, uh, Lord Finkelnuts mm-hmm. continues to go around uh, chasing after younger women or men or non-binary folks because no one is stopping him. And why aren't they stopping him? Because, well, you know, he's an elder in the community. He's brought so much. He, you know, we have to respect his years. Or, you know, why isn't somebody calling out Lady Pixie Moondrip for, you know, 
being a scam artist. Well, you know, she, you know, she knows she has so much good lore that she shares and she brings so much to the community. So the solution that I, that I always bring up when I talk about this, um, it's the same thing I say every time and nobody likes it any better whenever I bring it up. The community has to start saying no. The community, which is you and me and all of the people we know and all of the people they know. You know, community is just another word for all of us who are here. We have to be the ones to start saying, no, this behavior is unacceptable. And you can either, you, abusive, predatory scumfuck, can either choose to stop behaving in this way or Uh we will throw your ass out. We will shun you. We will take away your ability to do harm. Right. And the reason, I think, one of the reasons that we don't do that is because people want whatever it is they think they're getting from the abuser, whether that's the illusion of power or, you know, money, access, uh, knowledge, social clout, whatever, whatever it is that they're getting from the skeevy person. It's like, well, I don't want to impact my ability to continue to get that. So I'm just going to pretend it doesn't affect me. Interesting. So that's sort of my little much battered soapbox that I jump up on. (laughs) Which is fine. But it's necessary. I mean, you know, we don't call people out for stuff. And I think a lot of the time we don't call people out for stuff because we don't like conflict. You know, there are some folks that genuinely hate my guts. And I'm I'm fine with it because I don't force anyone to deal with me. You don't want to deal with me. You don't have to deal with me. I'm too old to give a shit. I'm not up and coming in the community. I'm not an author. I'm a bitch with a big mouth and a microphone. Whoop de fucking do. You know what I mean? And we love you for it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. No, but I mean, I'm not someone who's easily, um, I'm not afraid of folks because, you know, I've been abused by the top down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you're not paying my bills and you're not fucking me. So I really don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. My world does not rest on your opinion, like or dislike, you know? Listen, I love folks. I love folks in the community. I love a lot of sure. folks who have had a lot of issues. I love folks who haven't had a lot of issues. You know, I'm particular to certain folks because I understand, um, what it takes to be an ally in certain conditions from experiences going back over 40 years. Um, you know, I have relatives that are going through things right now, you know, and to me, the focus is my square inch of the world. So my square inch of the world says, you know, take care of the people closest to you 
And, you know, if, you're, if there's any way to help outside of that, because when you help somebody in your circle, you are already helping the rest of the world because that person or those people are going out and affecting change on other parts of the world that you have nothing to do with. So your effect the can be felt far yeah. and wide. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, of course, the butterfly effect, thank you. Um, so, yeah, you can actually resonate yourself out if you try to at least be halfway decent to people. What bothers me is the whole thing you brought up before about, oh, you, you can't talk to this one and, you know, don't talk to that one. The missing Listen, stare. If someone yeah. wants, you know, somebody who asks your opinion about something is is very different from you just going and saying so-and-so is just a real jag-off, so you may not want to talk to them. Um, you know, and I feel like even when you try to warn people about shit, they kind of have to find out on their own. Um, and just, you know, listen, even the Christians say, know them by their works, you know, whoever it is. Right. If you're If you're dealing with somebody who is, quote, unquote, a little bit known, you know, because there's a lot of us that are a little bit known, you know, in our community. <laughs> like I said, I ain't nothing but a bitch with a big mouth and a microphone, you know, big deal. Anybody can do a podcast. I prove that every fucking week. All you need is a microphone and a big mouth. Um, but you know what I'm saying? It doesn't make anything I do special or unique. There's been podcasts, you know, witchcraft podcasts since time and memoriam, you know, ever since Blog Talk and the predecessors started the whole fucking thing. I just like doing right. it because I like folks. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I, I this whole thing about power is just really fucking hysterical because as someone who's been around for a while, I see folks with power, like, in politics – specifically, um, mm -hmm. and these star fuckers who are all, like, fawning over them, and it's like, you know, so-and-so wouldn't piss on you if you were on fucking fire. So, you know, you being known because you're friends of, of that particular person ain't shit for you. It just adds to their well, numbers. There are things called, you know, there are a lot of folks out there who are people collectors, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like they just want and their numbers to go up so they'll friend everybody. And it's like, you know. <laughs> and the pagan community is no different. The pagan community is absolutely no different. Um, yeah. You know, I've had people who uh, found my personal Facebook profile, which isn't terribly difficult. It's not like, you know, it's secret. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and who've sent me friend requests not because they are particularly interested in me as a person and, you know, the like photos of my cats and the dinner I made that I was really proud of or whatever, but because I am <clears throat> Misha Magdalene Llewellyn author of, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, yeah. I'm, you know, you talked about just being a bitch with a big mouth on a microphone. I'm just a bitch with a laptop who wrote, you know, a string of blog posts and then took those and, and added really more book. stuff and more stuff and more stuff. And thank you. And thank you. You're I welcome. appreciate that. But it's like, you know, the reality is I, I 
you know, I want to say anybody can write a book, which is true, but not everybody (laughs) has the patience or the, you know, sheer bloody mindedness to sit down and bang on a keyboard for 85,000 words, I guess. Um, But the thing is, I am immensely proud of the book I wrote. Mm-hmm. And I also am keenly aware that this book is just the same things I've been saying for years. And, you know, I mean, it's like I did learn new stuff in the, you know, that went into the book. But fundamentally, this book is saying the same things mm-hmm. that I've been saying for year after year after year. The only right. difference is now that it's on a dead tree, it's important to people. Now that it's being published by Llewellyn, it's important to people. Mm-hmm. Now people are like, oh, well, yeah. you know. And, and the thing is, I'm fine with that because I feel like what I'm saying in the book is I, I feel like it's important enough to have said or I wouldn't have done it. You know, right. um, I feel like there are things in the book that are useful for pe- at least some people to hear. Yes. But I don't feel like having written the book makes me important. And this is why, you know, you talked about, um, you, you, you talked about, you know, this is who you are and this is what you do and you have this podcast, but you don't need anything from anybody. And, and you know, it's like you're not trying to chase after power uh, from people or recognition. And though it may be hard for some folks to believe this. Um, yeah, neither am I. I don't care about being known in that way. Like if people want to know me right. and hang out, it's like, sure, you know, uh, once there's no longer a pandemic on, um, if we're at an event together, come up and say, hi, I'm real approachable and super awkward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll like get a coffee and it'll be awkward and weird. And you'll walk away going, that's the person right outside the charmed circle. I, I'm surprised that person ever got laid, you know, ah, but, um, you're funny. <laughs> thank you. I try. That's hilarious. What do you mean they wrote a book about I have, to, I have to stop you, though. No, 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 Misha. Okay. I have to stop you for a second. Because I interview authors. That's what I do. I interview musicians. Yeah. I interview authors. I interview people who just have an opinion. You know, because I, I dig folks in the community, and I think, you know, folks need to be heard whether I agree with them or not, you know, and a lot of the time I don't, you know, but I, listen, I give everybody as much space as I can hold my, my head together for, but writing a book is not that easy. I'm sorry. It's just fucking not because if, if it were that easy, everybody would do it. I have stacks and stacks and stacks of books, stacks of them. I get sent books every single week okay the only ones Mm -hmm. that make it to the show are the ones i like because you have (laughs) to be able to get me to understand what you're saying and i'm sorry i'm not a fucking rocket scientist although i have had rocket scientists on the air 
because they speak to me in a way that I understand. I don't want to have to have a PhD every time I talk to somebody in their particular field. So I have to tell you that the ability to write and translate so that the quote-unquote lay person understands what you're imparting to them knowledge-wise is not that easy. So I do understand why people look at authors like, oh, wow, that's really fucking cool, and, you know, authors are pretty cool people. Because I feel the same way. I mean, there's a level of respect and awe. Yeah, I mean, there's a level of respect and awe that I feel when I talk to someone like you because you were able to write a book that my little pea brain could handle. I mean, and I know that sounds ridiculously self-deprecating, but my premise is if I – and I'm – listen, it's not that I'm not educated. I am educated. But the fact of the matter is if you talk over people's heads, they're not going to pay attention. And it's something you learn – very quickly in politics, and that's where I learned a lot of things because I worked on several political campaigns, um, and I learned about sound bites, and I learned about you know good power versus bad power because I was in that world, and you know, so I do kind of sit in awe of some writers, absolutely, and especially of the writers that come on the air, you know, the writers that have time or make time to actually come hang out with me, which I'm very grateful for because I am nobody I, but a bitch with a big mouth. Um, but so, you're yeah, a delightful to... bitch with a big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, so and, and there's your bio. There, I've, I've, I've written your bio free of charge. You're welcome. Thank you. I am a delightful You're so welcome. Right Thank you. There you go. And a microphone. <laughs> and a microphone. And a microphone. That's right. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put that somewhere on the page. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I will. But no. So I don't want you to diminish the quality that is needed to be uh, a writer. Thank you. Thank you. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> And that's a, that is an entirely legitimate correction, and thank you. I, I, I will take that one. I, I suppose where, where that response for me comes from is that I see a lot of the problems that we have in the pagan polytheist and magical communities. We really need better branding. Um, yeah. But I see a lot of problems that we have in our communities, and so many of them are problems uh, – of cults of personality. Yeah. You know, the, the, we invest all of this attention, which again is just a way of transferring energy. We invest all of this attention on celebrities, on names, on people, on personalities. And I mean, anyone who's met me will tell you, you know, I'm, I, I try to be reasonably fun to hang out with, but I am so not any kind of celebrity. I am just, and, and this is not self-deprecating. I embrace this. I am just a, I'm a, just another witch who is really nerdy about certain topics And some of those topics I'm so nerdy about that I went and got a degree in them. 
And then uh-huh. went, what if I take this nerdy obsession and this nerdy obsession and this nerdy obsession and smush them together? And apparently what happens is that, you know, I write a book about them. And I, as I said, I am hugely proud of Outside the Charmed Circle. But I am loath to have people see me as a name or a figure or a voice of a generation or something because I wrote a book. It's like, no, I wrote this book because I had some thoughts and I thought other people might find them interesting. Turns out they do. Some of them anyway. And that's great. Yeah. I literally am not, it is not possible for me to be at every event and hang out in every con suite and, you know, at every coffee shop and have these conversations with every person who would be interested in having them. Right. Cause I would, I would totally be like, yeah, let's hang out at the Starbucks and talk about sex magic and gender and polarity and, you know, Van Halen. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Good transition in there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, you know, I always throw the Van Halen bit, and, and people are like, why, why do you always mention Van Halen? I'm like, well, they're in the book. What? No, really, they are. Yeah, I know. Like, I swear, they're, <laughs> they're, 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 in, they're in, yeah, I think they're in, the, like, the first chapter on consent. You know, it's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's when I'm talking about mm-hmm. why teachers and students shouldn't fuck. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's there, a wall there that should reasons. not be broken. There are there are yeah. reasons and they're valid reasons. You know, I think yeah. a lot of, and I've seen that transfer. Um, you know, you mentioned that, and I immediately go to the transfer of power and how uh-huh. it can turn abusive. I mean, yep. I go right into the book. So yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I read and I learned the, well. <laughs> oh, these things for me, they're all related. They, you know, fundamentally, we are talking about power and how it's used and how it's abused and how people are, you know, how people are essentially tricked or coerced into giving away their power without even knowing that that's what they're doing. And what are they getting in return? You know, a little bit of entertainment and the crawling suspicion that they're being used. And, you know, I've seen this happen on Facebook a lot where somebody will say, you know, you've got to pick a side. And the minute someone tells me I have to pick a side between people, I get kind of nervous. Because unless it's someone that I respect and is close, you know, somewhat close to me, I have to start questioning the motives. Why are you why are you coming at me this particular way about this particular person? And I've seen folks take sides and I've seen folks be sorry that they did. Because eventually if there's enough smoke, there's usually fire. You know, when you keep hearing a story over and over and over again for years and years and years, you have to start wondering if the person is as innocent as they want you to think they are or people, because there's a lot of people in the community that have, you know, that have stuff buzz about them. 
you know, good, oh, matter, yeah. and different. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. the other thing I was talking about to someone this morning, I said, you know, I read my own press once, and it's a poisonous thing, because if you believe the good shit, you have to believe the bad shit as well. So my thing is, I don't read any of my own press, because it's all bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's not why the, I'm here. The, uh, the minute you're there for the press is the, is, the, is the point that you get into trouble, I think. Oh, yeah. What that's do you the think? point where you start falling into your own ego. Um, I remember running across for the first time the saying, other people's opinions of me are none of my business. And mm-hmm. it just made me – I, I had just kind of sit down for a moment and go, whoa. Okay, that wow. There's there's something there. Other people's opinions about me are none of my business, huh? Yeah. And you know, as with any of these sort of pithy little aphoristic truisms, you, you know, there's some room for kind of there's some room for nuance in there. But yeah, um, I'm always interested in what people like. I do read reviews of my book. And sometimes people are like, well, this wasn't very good because reasons. And I'm like, hey, but I then have to stop and go, (laughs) okay, but what they're reviewing isn't what I wrote. What they're reviewing is their experience of what I wrote. And that's about them. It's not at all about me. But at the same time, the positive reviews that I get of my book, it's like, okay, this is a person who had a really good experience. And that is also theirs and it's about them and so i try to maintain a certain equanimity about the whole thing and if people read the book and they have a good experience if they use the tools and those tools help them in some way that's fantastic that is the that was the entire point of writing the book that is you know it's like i only ever want the things that I put out in the world to be useful and helpful to people. And I am incredibly graced that the vast majority of the feedback I've gotten about the book has been that people have found it useful and educational Mm -hmm. and entertaining and occasionally transformative. And, you know, that is like, such an honor that people have found this to be a useful tool in their own progress, in their own transitions. As, you know, that like, I can't even talk about it because I start crying and I'm not going to do that to you on this podcast. Um, oh, I don't mind. So, yeah. <laughs> people yeah, cry but, on this but, show you know, all I, the time. Yeah, but Especially I get me. naughty and blubbery and <laughs> I'm just so happy. You know, it's like, yeah, you found it. <laughs> no, but... but I understand because we we're te- we tend to be emotional people, and there's nothing wrong <laughs> with that. I think we have – I think, you know, a lot of the problem is we are so afraid to let others see how vulnerable we really are. And Oh, yeah. It's it, Listen, it's hard to let your guard down. You know, nobody wants to be somebody else's whipping post. I get it. Um, yeah, but it there, takes time to, thr- to, 
Yeah, of course, but it takes time to grow a thick skin. You know, the other thing I have learned over over time on Facebook is that my opinion is not needed, nor is it wanted. <laughs> so I do a lot of scroll, scroll, scroll. Do the scrolling. The scrolling will set you free, I promise. Do not <laughs> lend voice to every little thing because it will eat you up inside. And if you start getting into an argument with somebody online, You've both lost because you're not oh. going to win them over. They're not going to win you over. Walk away with your brain intact and be happy that Honestly, you feel the way you feel and that you're good with it. Honestly, one of the most liberating realizations that I have had in my adult life, and I, I mm-hmm. am not even fronting here, uh, is the realization that I don't owe anybody an argument. Uh There is not a single person on this planet that I owe an argument. The the, the person Uh who comes the closest would be my partner. And she's married to me. And, you know, I don't, (laughs) you you know, it's like, well, yeah, it's like I owe her engagement and honesty. And, you know, we try not to argue because that's no fun. But I don't yeah. owe anybody online or in the pagan community an argument. Owe anyone a fight. And mm-hmm. I have been sitting there in front of Facebook or Twitter or, for fuck's sake, Instagram, and started angrily typing out a response because someone on the internet was wrong. And I'll get, you know, a sentence or two in because I type real fast. And then I'll stop and I will ask myself this question that haunts me in my dreams. Even if I utterly demolish this person's argument, is it going to change anything? And at the end of the day, the answer is no, no, it's not going to change anything. So I highlight all the text and I delete it and I go the fuck on about my day. There you there are go. Times when, <laughs> yeah. There, well, and there are times when saying something is important. You know, um, I genuinely believe there are times when you have to take a stand, when you have to say, no, this thing that this person did is wrong. Is wrong. This thing yes. that yes. is this thing that is a trend in our community is wrong. This thing is hurting yeah. people. You know, I think you have to stand up and say there are kids in cages and that's fucking wrong. Or, of course, you know, this person is being abusive and that's wrong. But yeah, why throw your energy at drama queen bullshit on social media? Right. You know, I I just don't see a point to it. And so I and and you know, this is not to be like, oh, I am so much more civilized and ascended and enlightened because I don't argue on Facebook. It's like, no, this is a practice. I'm sitting there stewing in my own irritation that people could be so fucking stupid and then I stop and I go right no, I don't need to throw my energy at this. I don't need to throw my power away. I can 
go watch Wanda. Yeah, I can go watch WandaVision because, you know, we've got Disney Plus and I am hooked on this show. I can go listen to music, read a book, alphabetize my sock drawer. You know, I can do literally anything else. You know? Sorry. Alphabetize no. my sock drawer is one I had not heard before. <laughs> Misha, my gift we have to you. only we, we we have like two minutes left, so yes. please impart your gift to me and then tell people where they can find your book and your writings and you if necessary. <laughs> okay. So my gift to you alphabetizing your sock drawer as far as uh, tracking me down absolutely it's my pleasure um mishamagdalene.com is like the clearinghouse for all things misha related um and if you don't mind i'm going to throw in a super quick little blurb here um please there's project i'm working on that's coming up uh in i believe it's april um uh, Laura Tempest Zakroff and I are putting together a one-day virtual festival, uh, a little virtual presentation uh, called Waking Persephone. And you can find details about it at wakingpersephone.com. And we're going to be talking about queerness as an inherently sacred and magical thing. And we're going to oh. announce details about it toward the end of the month. But, yeah, it's mm-hmm. going to be a one-day thing. There's going to be speakers and performances, and it's going to be queer as fuck. I love it. So, yeah. And please share the link to it when you get it on the show page. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I'm a huge fan. I'm also a huge fan of, of Tempest as well, so I am very excited to hear about that. So, yes, please impart the wisdom and the knowledge to me, and I will be happy to share said knowledge and wisdom. Misha Magdalene, you are are so wonderful. The book is Outside the Charmed Circle. My guest for the hour was Misha Magdalene. Thank you so much, and you got to come back soon and hang out with me again. This was great. Absolutely. It is always a delight, Raina. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dahl. Talk to you soon. Yep. Take care. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. And, everybody, I will see you back next Friday. So have a wonderful week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.